Hello, hello, you guys. Welcome back to Save Not Soft. Guess who's back? Back again. Emmy's back. Hey, tell a friend. What's going on, you guys? Happy Tuesday. Um, had to run it back with another episode since last week. The audio was only recorded and not the whole shebang. So um, you're getting three podcasts three weeks in a row. Um, so I'm on one. God is just gonna, God's just gonna do his thing and I'm just gonna let him do his thing. Um, yeah, the, the past few weeks have been so crazy with what God has been putting on my heart and where I've been going, what I've been doing. Um, and I just want to keep producing more and more for you guys. Cause, um, one, that's what God wants to do. And two, uh, like, Honestly, that's just what God wants to do. And I'm just stepping in this into obedience. And I'm just glad I get to come on here, give you guys a word, and to see and know that all of your guys' beautiful faces are here. And uh, I'm really blessed. I'm really blessed. Sorry if I'm like deep breathing a lot. Today's low key been a stressful day for me. Like, my, I got popped by my chiropractor, and there's some stuff going on. Um, I had to get x-rays today for my sinuses and my skull because something, I don't know what's going on up in there. So if you guys could please pray for me, that'd be great. Um, I'm recognizing right now that I feel really weak and I desperately need God to be strong. And, um, I'm just trusting he's going to be strong and, uh, going to help me through this. And every little thing is going to be all right. Whoa, night and day. It's okay. Everything's good because God is good. And um, yeah, anyways, uh, this ain't not soft. Hi, my name's Emmy. Um, this ain't not soft because this is not a soft journey. This is a hard journey. It's a narrow path. Things get hard. And this podcast is basically to help my fellow brothers and sisters um, walk through this. Know that you're not alone, that this is not a soft journey, that this is hard, um, that things come, things go. Um, and how do you navigate the Christian lifestyle? And what does that look like? Especially in today's day and age, because culture is so stinking weird. And um, I, I think people are tired of the cookie cutter Christianity that we're seeing and um, need to hear the true authentic gospel. And I'm excited to preach this word today of what God has put on my heart and what I truly think is um, making our world a really weird place. And, um, I'm really excited to talk about it because I think it's really interesting and, uh, something that we can all take wisdom from. So if you're new here, hi, I'm Emmy. And if you're, if you're returning, excuse me, if you're returning, welcome back. You've been missed. And, um, yeah, y'all already know the drill. Let's pray. Let's ask God for wisdom and, um, ask for his presence to be near us. So please bow your head and close your eyes with me, if you may. Dear Heavenly Father, we just, um, we thank you. We praise you. Um, thank you for being here. Thank you for the breath that is within our lungs. Thank you for just pouring out your joy and wisdom onto us. Uh, we thank you that when we ask for wisdom, we're able to be granted it. And uh, we just think, think that you are such a generous father, that you are a good friend, that you fit every single need that we have. And um, I, I just pray that today, God, that you are meeting this need that we're going to talk about. Um, and I pray there is wisdom found. I pray that we respond out of obedience. I pray that chains break. 
I pray that new revelations come. Or whether if it's a reoccurring one, I pray that your your children are reminded. Um, I pray that my brothers and sisters can listen to your word with an open mind and an open heart and open arms, ready to receive you and your word. Um, I pray that you put me in a position to lead properly. Um, I'm recognizing that I'm completely weak without you guys. So in my weakness, I just pray that you're strong. Uh, I ask for wisdom. I ask that you um, clear my mind, that uh, my conscience is clear, that it is focused on your word. You sharpen my tongue. You give me words to speak. Um, and again, just continuously submitting this platform to you. This is not a podcast about Emmy or her life. This is about God and your goodness and the beautiful story of who you are and the characteristics that you hold. And we're just excited to hear from you. Um, like I said, this this platform is just not for me. It's all for you. Um, kill every single ounce of pride that lingers in my body um, and just protects me under your covering. Stay close to me. Um and I pray that you stay close to your children. Uh, and I'm and I, i I'm just stating more so, like making a statement that we're here to listen to you. And we can't wait to hear what you have to say. And I pray that your children who listen um, go deeper into this. And they bring it back to you. And they talk to you. And uh, they can look at themselves and have you guide them. Uh, we love you. We praise you. And we're so excited to see what you have to say. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Today I'm really excited for this topic because this applies to absolutely everybody. And I feel like this is an epidemic that we're facing in culture right now. And no one's talking about it. I would like to say, like, this is kind of... This is kind of on the same page as crucify your fantasies, which is something that has been so secretively hidden in a manipulative way. Um, And it's this principle of comparison, but it's covered in it's this root of comparison and pride, but it's covered with the fear of missing out. And I'm so excited to talk about this because we are living in a generation to where people cannot make decisions because we're having way too many options. We don't know how to make up our mind and we have unexpressed expectations that we're trying to have other people meet and we're bouncing off of pride and fantasy and comparison and we don't have time to play with our options Um, we are in a day and age to where we need to be certain about the things that we believe in, the things that we are consuming, the way that we are speaking, um, the way that we represent Christ and ourselves, uh, decisions that we are making when it comes to morality, we need to be certain. And our generation is teeter tottering values because there's a part within within ourselves that thinks that there's something better and I can't fully pursue something because what about this? And we're going to fully talk about that today and uh, talk about how this fear of missing out is having, is honestly by putting a chokehold on our generation and limiting us from making rational decisions. 
You pick up what I'm putting down. I'm really excited for this. And um, good thing Jesus is the answer to everything because um, how, how this came up, quite honestly, was I feel like I see just with my own eyes and, and within my own flesh is that our human nature just wants more. And not only do I see this in my own life and in my within my own flesh and the desires of my flesh, but also within other people's. So like you can see someone who has the man of their dreams, the car of their dreams, the career of their dreams, the life, the house, the kids, the everything, and yet it's still not fulfilling. It's like basically there's these things, wants and desires that are good and pleasing to the eye, but yet it's never fully satisfying. And I, I started to ask the question to myself, why is it so hard for the human race to be content and to not want more? And, uh, and, and where does that come from? And why do we feel like we always need to reach? And, I, and I'm not saying that um, it's a bad thing to have goals and aspirations, hobbies, passions, whatever. No, I'm all for that. My thing is that we will finally be living in an answered prayer and have the audacity to expect God to put us in a better situation when he granted us something that we'd even deserve in the first place. Do we understand? Um. And I really do believe that we miss, we miss answered prayers and blessings because we will put history over happiness and we will put, we will put things and people before promises. And I want to address that. God wants to address this actually. Why is it so hard for us to stay content? There's three things I laid out when it came to this. First one being having way too many options, being overstimulated <laughs> by, by the amount of things we are seeing and consuming. Uh, and then along with having too many options, comparing it. So comparison. And then the last one, having unrealistic slash non-communicated expectations. And this all feeds into the idea of the fear of missing out. Uh, as into why people can't make their decisions on where they should stand in life because they're weighing way too many options. They have unrealistic expectations, AKA fantasy, or they're just comparing too much and it's causing doubt. And we're swaying things that should be stable. When I think of the fear of missing out and where we see that um, in the Bible, and a lot of people, I think, will will read this story and be like, oh, like, how did bro not take this deal? And then you line it up with your own life and you're like, oh, I'm just like this man. And it's about the rich young ruler. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, basically, we don't know his name. I don't know his hair color, even if he had jewelry on or not. Like, this was, all we know, this was a rich and wealthy, young ruler. So someone who had everything, he was young. So he had wealth, probably had status, power, position. 
But the only thing he did not have was Jesus. And it talks about in the Gospels how Jesus encountered this man. And we're going to read about this encounter. Um, And it's in Luke chapter 18, uh, verse 18 through 27. It says, A certain ruler asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered, No one is good except for God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. All the... And then the rich young ruler says, all these I've kept since I was a boy, he said. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, you lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When he heard this, he became very sad because he was very wealthy. Jesus looked at him and said, how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? Instead, it is easier for a camel to come through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Those who have heard this ask, who can be saved? Jesus replied, what is impossible with man is possible with God. What can we get? Obviously, if you ain't catch on, the rich young ruler, he literally walked away from eternal life because the things... That he had the wealth, the money, the fame, the status. Like that out to him outruled Jesus. And I think when it comes to confronting new seasons. And new things that God wants us to step into. God will ask us to leave things behind. Like, hey, if you want to go through this door, like you can't bring all of this. Like, okay, Have y'all ever been to an airport? Because I went to Florida last week and I had a, I didn't even plan on bringing this up, but I had a suitcase and I'm looking at it right now because I'm going to Oklahoma tomorrow, but I had a suitcase and I thought I was, I thought I was at the straight 50, you know, and I get to the dang airport and I I was at 60 pounds. I was, I was 10 pounds overweight. I was like, oh my goodness, what am I putting in my bag? And do you know what they told me? They said, you can't go through t- through TSA unless if you pay the $100 more, uh-uh, or you leave some stuff behind. We can't step into the season that God has for us until we pay a little something or unless if we leave stuff behind. And with this rich young ruler, God is asking this ruler to leave things behind to leave these things behind to give it to the poor so he could basically he's asking the rich young ruler to step out so god could step in do we understand and the rich young ruler was so focused on the things the position the power that he denied eternal life why does this relate to the fear of missing out because I could only imagine that when the rich young ruler thought of losing of all of his things, there was a part of him that was going to miss that. And he'd rather still indulge in it and not inherit eternal life than give it all up. So when it comes to things and decisions we have to make, why is it? That we are so scared to let go 
so God could give? Why is it that that we sway our decision making, that we still choose things that are unwise and not right and deny God? And it's because there is a fear that we are going to miss out on something. But I have amazing, great, fulfilling news. With God, it is impossible to miss out. It is absolutely impossible to miss out. And I think one of the biggest generation, uh, one of the biggest lies that our generation is facing right now is that you have to you have to prioritize basically position and power over purpose. What you trying to tell me, God? I'm in a preaching mood today. Y'all ready to hear the word of God? <laughs> why, why is this fear and missing out so big, but yet we don't even notice it? It's because it's hidden in some key factors, which is like, I feel like we can't make decisions because because of the fear of missing out, we are scared that if we make a certain decision, oh, what what would happen if I if I didn't make this decision, I instead pursued this, knowing dang well it's not good for you in the first place. Let's be for real. Um, I think a huge part of this right now is having way too many options and comparing the options, and these go hand in hand. I'm going to talk about having way too many options first, and what that means. Um, also biblical. Because having too many options and comparing them creates doubt. How do we know this? The dang garden. Oh my gosh, what episode we on? 26, 27, I think. And we're talking about the garden once again. There are so many things that simultaneously happen in Genesis 3. And I think the reason as to why I bring up the garden in every single episode is because the root to all of our problems happened in Genesis 3. In that first chapter alone. And um, if you don't know it already, we're going to read it again. Genesis 3, 1 through 7. Now the serpent was more craftier than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from a tree, from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat from fruit in the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some of it and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were open and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. How many times have we heard this passage, y'all, especially on this podcast? What do I want to highlight on this? What, what does this have to do with having too many options in comparison? All Adam and Eve knew before they encountered Satan was the goodness of God. And as soon as they were presented with an option, they started to doubt him. Because Satan, the serpent, is in complete opposite, is in complete opposition of God, right? So when all you know 
is God, his goodness, his creation, the garden, and something outside of that comes in, you are presented with another option. And when you're presented with another option, you compare. And when you compare, doubt comes in. Like doubt is the little sister to comparison. So when you start comparing these things, doubt comes in. And when doubt comes in, it makes God's goodness look boring. This isn't just a garden thing. This is an earth thing. <laughs> this is a human thing that we do. We get presented with, a, with, a, with an option that could be in opposition of God. And we'll become curious. We'll compare it to something that should not be compared. And then we'll indulge in it out of doubt, comparison, and, and quite honestly, curiosity. And I love always like in, in this chapter when it says the fruit was desiring to the eyes. It says nothing about the efficiency of the fruit. It only says how, it, how it's desirable to the eyes. I can't tell y'all, girls, like y'all love to say it and be for the girls. She for the Christian girls. I am so much to where I'm going to call y'all out. Y'all will pursue these men who are desirable to the eyes, <laughs> like fruit that looks real dang good. And you'll eat it knowing dang well, it's not going to, it's not going to do it. It's not going to cut it. And then want to know what's even more sick about this is that they had so much other stuff to eat and choose from in the garden. Like you could have ate any other fruit except for this one. It is so funny because God will give us things. So, so, so pretend this, like you have your garden, you have trees of stuff that God has given you, right? And then you have this one that God did not ordain. Like it is not from God and you are not supposed to eat from it. But yet little you goes up to it like, oh my gosh, such a pretty little tree. But God told you not to eat from it. But because it's presented to you, we become prideful and indulge in our curiosity. And the reason why I brought up the man thing is because I can't tell you how many women I see have amazing men. I'm not even just going to get on the girlies. I'm going to get on the boys too. I can't tell tell you how many girls and boys I've seen have an amazing partner, whether they're a girlfriend, fiance, um, spouse, whatever. Um, They have an amazing partner, but yet infidelity can happen comparison insecurity because they're presented with an option and they can't appreciate the thing that god has put in their lives the culprit is pride (laughs) quite honestly so when we read the story of adam and eve and why they indulged into eating the fruit in the first place Because they compared, they were presented with an option, they started to doubt, they became prideful in their own thinking. We can now ask ourselves, 
what are the things in my life that what is the bad tree I'm eating from because I'm not appreciating the things that God has already planted in my garden. Do we understand church? We let the appearance of things distort our thinking. The minds that Christ has given us, we allow we allow our Christ-liked minds to be distorted by our own perception. Comparison the thief of joy for real. We may have something really good, but we let the idea of options decide. We let the I What did I write? We may have something really good, but we let the idea of options decide for us because we become curious. That's what I wrote. So, rhetorical question. What are your options? And which ones were sent from God and which ones weren't? Rhetorical. Talk to God about it. Don't talk to me. (laughs) I can't hear (laughs) y'all. But God can. We tend to forget how good God is and how good the things we forget how good the things are. I don't know if that makes sense that he gives us when we fantasize and think way too deeply on something that's not even going to satisfy us. Why waste your thinking? Why waste your dang breath and energy, let alone your space? For something that wants to kill, steal, and destroy your destiny. I don't know about you, but I'm over it. Like, I'm not here to play games. Let's be real. This isn't just like a little something we got on the line here. This is this is like purpose and destiny. And if we're not stepping in a posture of obedience, we're not letting God be God. And I'm not going to give you a watered down Christianity or a prosperity gospel. Like there, we have a real legitimate partnership that we need to take with God. And I'm tired of seeing people take it like it's so passive. And just like, la-dee-dee, la-dee-da, I can do whatever. God, I can live in iniquity and sin. I expect you to bless my mess. It's like there, there's a, a very legitimate role that we need to step into in obedience and, and God will do the rest. God doesn't expect us to be perfect, but he expects us to be willing. But yet, if you're not willing to step in the willingness, what is he going to do? We need to step out so God can step in. And this isn't a time to let outside unholy thoughts and decisions and options sway your thinking of who God is and the things he has given you. I am hot in my own room. I am sweating in this Jesus is Lord hoodie and these Nike sweats. (laughs) Unrealistic expectations and uncommunicated expectations. Oh God, give me the words. I'm reading my dang notes. This is so nasty. This is absolutely nasty. 
I'm just going to go off the garden still. When we have very unrealistic expectations, or let alone they're uncommunicated, huge root to that is fantasy, for sure. Sometimes we'll have like, um, I'm just going to give a very practical example and kind of something more relatable because, you know, God wants to use my testimony to just expose me. But um, I feel like he's urging me to share this. I can, I kid you not, I have rationalized so many people's decisions and the way that they've treated me because there was an unrealistic and uncommunicated expectation that I had for them that I never communicated and I never expressed it, but I fantasized about it. And because I fantasized about it, I manipulated myself into thinking they were good when they were not. All because they were an option. Do we understand? Uh, So when Adam and Eve were presented with an option that was in complete opposition to God, they were able to wonder and fantasize of what this fruit entails. Of something they already knew, because like when you go to Genesis 3, the first seven verses, Eve repeats back to Satan exactly what what God already told her. Because Satan's like, oh, you want to eat this fruit? And she's like, well, God did say, like, we, we can't like say that Eve didn't know. She was very aware that she wasn't supposed to eat from this tree. But yet she gets presented with this option and she starts to fantasize and wonder and become curious. And the thing that is desiring to the eyes can be the very thing that leads to corruption and death. But of course she's not going to see that because she's thinking la-di-di, la-di-da. When that one decision just flipped everything over. And we do the same thing. When we have options that are uncertain, we tend to rationalize the pursuit of these options through fantasy and self-manipulation. We'll just like see these options. Like, I don't know. Have you just, let's just take something you compare whether if it's good or bad, okay? All of us have compared things. It's just like a, it's just a natural thing that our brains do, okay? When you compare, say you're kind of swaying on one one side and the other is kind of like, ooh, I'm kind of more curious. What would this entail? Knowing dang well it's not good for you. It causes curiosity, and fantasy. And because the fantasy is so good, you'll manipulate yourself that that's what it is when it's really not that at all. Because Satan Satan said to Adam and Eve, for God knows that when you eat, eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Well, we know that the devil is a liar, so let's just keep it a book. We know, we know that he was lying, but he can stretch truth to where it's still a lie but it's like I bet Eve had a completely different perception 
of what Satan actually said to her. And this isn't, this is just like me thinking just straight out, like very raw thinking I'm having right now. Like when we're presented with an option, we'll go down this like road of thinking, or even just like when we get in our own heads about stuff, we'll just think about things that that person didn't even say or do. And then we'll rationalize their, their bad behavior because we fantasize them as something different. It's quite honestly delusional and delulu. What a corrupt species we are. And I talked about in, in uh, Crucify Your Fantasies, Proverbs 12, 11, those who work in their land have abundant food, but those who chase fantasies have no sins. So if you're pursuing options or pursuing things out of fantasy, curiosity, self-indulgence, indecisiveness, and doubt, it literally says in scripture that you have no sins. Absolutely none. So how can we respond out of wisdom? How can we be wise about our decision-making How can we become less doubtful? How can we change? How can we not let the fear of missing out sway our decision making? Um, Because we have this inclining urge to want more. And it's because, and this is, this is like, oh, shocker. The reason as to why we have this urge to just want more and more and more and why it's not enough and we have this fear of missing out and why we doubt and compare is because there's actually a part of us that doesn't trust God and what he says. I wrote down like a few applications that we could take because I think trusting God and what that looks like as a whole needs to be a separate episode within itself. Um, But I think it could all be simply covered with just seek first the kingdom and everything else should be granted. Because when we start looking for answers outside of that, we are going to be so deeply deceived. As my point number one, I said to stay close to God's word. I feel like I say this every week. People are like, oh my gosh, how, I don't know what God's trying to tell me. You got a, you got 66 books in a, in one book called the Bible that's telling you exactly what God's saying. So if you want to know what God's character is like, what he's trying to tell you, there's a whole book. I'm not going to add much more on that because I feel like I talk about this every week. If you're reoccurring, you already know, you already know the deal. Number two, change your expectations not based off of your own understanding. So what does Proverbs 3, 5 say? Lean not on your own understanding, but yet lean on the Lord's. Because if you lean on your own understanding, it's going to snap. It's not going to hold the weight. But if you lean on God's understanding, girl, that holds everything. Got to understand, God sees and hears things that you don't see in here. God knows people you don't know. He knows doors that you haven't seen yet. He knows people that you haven't met yet. There is is a higher understanding that we need to lean on. And I think it's easier to trust in God when you realize that you can't trust yourself. Ooh, 
That was stinking good. Let me say that again. I think it is easier to trust God when you realize that you cannot trust yourself because you have very little understanding and comprehension. God sees things you don't see. God hears things you don't hear. God sees people you have even met yet. He knows the hearts of them, the minds of them. He knows doors you haven't stepped into. He knows the faces of your future kids and of your future spouse. God is limitless. And it is so prideful for us to put our little tiny doubtful and decisive thinking next to a holy brain. <laughs> oh, that was so stinking good. I didn't even write that down. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. That's so good. Uh, number three, remember your testimony. I feel like this is something I've been bringing up a lot with my friends and just like small talk I've been having with um, people close to me is that if you start forgetting the things that God has done for you, you're going to forget the things that he will continue to do for you. Um, so a lot of people will doubt God like, oh, I don't know if God's going to do this. But then you forget the very place that he took you out of. Because immediately when I forget my testimony, I, I forget how good he is. So a part of us is actually doubting because we have a memory problem. So I would advise some of you guys to go into your prayer closet this week and ask God to, to, to give you the ability to remember. Because maybe some of y'all don't even knew, need a new revelation. Maybe you just need to remember a revelation that was given to you two years ago. What's next? And the last one, to surround yourself with living testimonies. If you keep surrounding yourself with evidence of the goodness of God... You're going to keep thriving in it. All of these things really kill the principle of doubt. Surround yourself with evidence. Because when you have evidence, you're not going to have a, a single ounce of fear that you're going to miss out on anything. When you're surrounded by evidence, you are already secure in the things that God has given you. And curiosity is not going to be something you're going to want to indulge in because you know who God is and you know what he's given you. Mike freaking drop. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. That was way too good. I'm about to shut this off and watch this immediately and take notes on myself because that was so stinking good. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, this is going to help people so much. Oh, I'm so glad. This is going to help so many people. Oh, this guy helps so many people. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I'm so hyped. Ah, oh, thank you, God. Thank you, God. That was a good episode. I feel like I just snapped out of my own body and just kind of like watched God do his thing. Uh, a few announcements just because I'm running out of time and I cannot have no malfunctions going on. Um... Oh my gosh, if you have gotten saved um, or if you need prayer requests, there's a link down below in my Instagram. Um, in my Instagram, there's a link tree. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, there's a link down below. If you've gotten saved through this podcast or if you need prayer, I love praying for you guys. And then also, um, if you feel led to tithe, like if you genuinely feel led, like if you don't, that's okay. I don't care. Uh, God is good all the time, whether if you give me your money or not. Um, there's a cash app down below. Uh, everything goes towards this um, towards this ministry. 
Um, and I would just kind of like to inform you guys that um, I am helping like through your tithing, what a portion of it right now is going to is um, is this church, Living Way Church, which is in Maui. My best friend serves there. And uh, especially with the fires and holding up a stable community within um, Christ's body, um, the local people um, need help and assistance. And um, thanks to you guys and uh, just you guys your guys's generous offering, um, Save Not Soft podcast is going to ma- be making a donation to that church to help the local people um, of Maui and uh, the missionaries that are going out there. So um, just kind of give you guys some insight of what we're doing on this end. Just don't think I'm collecting it and spending it on whatever. If anything, this is actually the first purchase we've made uh, because I've been praying about tithing for a long time. Anyway, is this too personal to talk about? But I'm going to be authentic. I'm going to keep it a book. Um, so yeah, really excited to see how, how, um, God is going to serve his people back in Maui and that we get to be a part of that. And I thank you guys for donating. Um, but yeah, if you feel led to tie, if you feel led to tie, if you don't, prayers are always welcome. Um, I always need prayer. Um, and just that this ministry is doing good. God continues to humble me and, uh, I'm just surrounded by people and, things that just edify me um i'm just so blessed and yeah what's crazy y'all is that next week is w- the one year anniversary of same not soft and i'm so excited so with that being said there will be an episode next week you guys get three episodes three weeks in a row i am on a dang roll um so i'm gonna see you a lot sooner than usual and i'm so excited i'm so hyped and Y'all know I love y'all so much, and um, I'm so blessed for everything that God is doing, that you guys get to be a part of it, and God is continuously um, just growing the kingdom and changing your guys' lives. I'm so blessed to be a part of it. I love you guys. I'll see you next week, seven days from now. (laughs) Love you guys. Bye.